0: Good morning, Rutherford County. Uh,
2: Little Jannie Stewart uh, uh, has got uh, Ronnie Martin here this morning. She had to drag him over, but I I really appreciate what you did, Jannie. Ronnie, we can cover so many things, and you would be surprised how many people are asking me if you're going to run... For, not only for city council, but uh, for the top job. <laughs> start Are you out. you going to answer. Let's start <laughs> out easy. No problem. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. yeah, it just
3: just flows yeah. right along. Yeah. Now um yeah, Jan, uh, first, very excited to be here. thanks always for yeah. inviting us. so uh, we enjoy. Oh
2: I enjoy y'all so much visiting with you and spending time with you. <laughs> Don't throw me underneath the bus like Greg Tucker did yesterday. What did he do to you? I'm not saying okay I... <laughs> all right. Um, no you know Truman,
3: it has been uh, a tremendous privilege and uh, a very humbling experience to serve as an elected official. you mm-hmm. you know having yes. been through that yourself. Um, it grows you in many ways. You learn a tremendous amount, um, but it is also very taxing uh, on. You uh, look like you've aged about five or six years.
2: I, I appreciate since, that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I hope it's for the better. It is. <laughs> you you have worked harder than anybody at that level that I've ever seen. Well, I you felt- want to make sure that you're properly prepared to make decisions yes
3: sir i I felt like that was what the job was right you had to be willing to do the work and you know um i'm still doing the work Uh, we're we're about to creep up on about a year from the new election so the next election is august of next year but you know like anything that you pour yourself into um you you learn some things and get some things from it and Personal growth and knowledge is are some of the things that I've gained mm-hmm. um, from the standpoint of having the privilege to serve and and to try to be there and make the best decisions I could for you know the people of our community in Murfreesboro. But um, once you have served long enough, and you know this, you you get some perspective on what others around you sacrifice yeah. for you to do that and. Um, I spent about a year making the effort to convince people to give me an opportunity to do this, and I'm three years in, which is about a four-year commitment. Um, mm-hmm. By the time it's over, it will have been a five-year commitment, and mm-hmm. you know I take I take that very seriously. I, I've worked really hard, or tried to work really hard, for that period of time, and will continue to work hard until my term is up. But. Um, You know, for now, with where I am professionally in my career and with what I've asked those around me to sacrifice, um, I feel like I need to uh, give someone else an opportunity to do that. I think one of the things that, you know, my takeaways has been there's been this longstanding debate that you hear when you're outside of politics Mm -hmm. uh, on how long people should hang around and uh, how many terms they should serve. And you you start balancing the value of experience and the institutional knowledge of government with inexperience and in some cases youth, but also renewed energy and uh, for folks that care about the community and things like that. And um, I, I could certainly continue to serve. I've got the, desire and the will and and i think you know i'm young enough that i can continue to do that Um, but i also think there's something to be gained by others having the opportunity to do that especially as our community continues to change and who knows i may decide i want to um, try to earn that opportunity again down the road but um, in in the immediate future i'm going to focus on what i do professionally the people that i serve with at the bank um, and the clients that we serve
2: It's it's a tough decision, no matter uh, what you're doing when when you're elected to a position. But uh, somebody in say in a local race like city councilman, county commissioner, and all all those things, um, you're almost under the, the spotlight. The whole time that you're serving during that time, right? Has anything kind of um, maybe um, not been really what you thought it was? Because there are so many different personalities, and everybody has uh, different uh, goals, you might say, and right. And of course, there's always somebody that that just loves being in that position. Sure. But you have walked, you've worked really, very hard during the time that you're in, and have you ever felt like that you were climbing straight up a hill and and there's ice all over the place? (laughs) Yeah, I
3: understand the question. I think um, as far as Expectations and what you learn that you did mm-hmm. not know that you really couldn't know. Um, the only thing, and I spent a lot of time thinking about this in my career professionally as a banker. Um, there are certainly, for example, mm-hmm. when someone comes to me to let's say borrow money, right? Yeah. There's a there's a process and a procedure and a protocol that we follow. And especially and and that's the case in a small bank or in a large bank you know how do you underwrite um, a potential loan opportunity what analysis do you do what information is required and in that process there is a a final product that you get to which
2: Mm
3: -hmm. um, is what helps you make a decision of whether or not you're going to make this loan and, and and put the bank's capital at risk and yeah. put shareholder value at risk and, and invest in someone in the community that's trying to build a business. But the end that you get to, the the process from start to be, uh, from beginning to end may look a little different based on the business and the client, but the end product is generally pretty consistent and the same. And, mm-hmm. and you want that because people want to be treated fairly, you want to present all the facts, um, there is some room certainly for subjective opinion in that there has mm-hmm. to be, but pretty consistently you get a very, um, um well consistent in product where mm-hmm. you say, here are the things we're going to make a decision on. What my experience has been, uh, in government is, um, we do have those processes and procedures in government. But it's not uncommon for those processes and procedures to be hijacked by what I'm going to call what someone, whoever that may be, wants as an end result, right? Yeah. So I'm going to parlay that into the loan situation. If, if you came to me and I said, well, I'm going to make Truman this loan regardless, which bankers do, right? Yeah. Especially 50 years ago, 20 years ago, it was very common. If I know you and trust you, I'm going to do it.
2: Period. Yeah, that was pretty common.
3: Right. in in today's regulatory environment in today's um, corporate environment um, there's less and less flexibility in that because there's a tremendous amount of emphasis on treating everyone consistently and fairly and the same right and so we have to be very consistent in how we go through that process well I, i think what has been really challenging for me is in the professional world with what i do you kind of have some feel for how something's going to turn out, mm-hmm. based on your experience, and knowing there's a there's a um, a game plan, a, a rule, a procedure that we're going to follow, and you start to get very, very, very comfortable with what outcomes are going to be because you know the procedures very yeah. well. Um, it has been really eye-opening to me that um, sometimes, and depending upon you know who's involved and what the issue is. If what we're talking about doesn't exactly um, line up with some of those procedures,
0: mm-hmm. we'll
3: kind of make it up as we go a little bit. And yeah. and lots of businesses do that, especially small businesses. Um, but as it pertains to transparency, being totally straightforward about something, um, sharing openly what we think about certain things, you start to see, unlike. professional world or at least my my professional world where you put all the facts out on the table and we have a very open conversation about it Mm -hmm. there's this uh, need on certain occasions to maybe not put all that information out there yeah because how would it affect someone personally what outcome are we trying to accomplish Um, that's been a really tough thing for me because what you don't want to do is uh, assume that all of those things have nefarious outcomes or nefarious reasons that people are doing that you know people are doing bad things i would tell you it's not always that it's it's people in many cases believing they're doing a good thing and they're doing exactly what others want them to do it's just not following the process right that's hard for me uh it's been a real struggle for me because um, you tend to question people's motives. You question, um, you know, the integrity of the process that we do. And
2: you also uh, question their work ethics.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. You don't, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, because you know, people, most people I have found, uh, I, I tend to be the exception to this. I think it was part of the reason, part of the way I was raised and the, where I come from, mm-hmm. but you know, Constructive criticism is, I think, necessary uh, and very helpful. Jan, Jan works with me all the time, so she could probably attest to this. Uh, I am often not the smartest person in the room, and I am often not as
2: long as she's there. Right, I mean, that's correct. Yeah,
3: I, I'm often not the person with the best ideas. Yeah, um, but I have some leadership responsibility in how we get to the decision that we're making and how the process flows and making sure that we you know, air quotes, do the right thing for people along the way. Um, but, you know, government's interesting. There, there are not some of the regulatory boundaries, I think, that a lot of businesses have to comply with. And, and to be honest with you, I'm very comfortable with those lanes that we stay in, that, you know, this is how we look at credit. This is how we look at, you know, potential loss. This is how we evaluate the risk for the institution those things are pretty clear in how you do them, and it's pretty easy to be successful in that lane when there are not those procedures necessarily or people can choose to stay in or stay out of those lanes depending upon the positions that they're in. That gets tough.
2: Is it, is it pretty hard sometimes to find the correct information that you need to make decisions on? Because... Um, that would not be unusual for any type of government. Sure. But but you're you're constantly working extremely hard trying to make sure that the decision you're making is the correct decision. Right. It's hard for somebody like you to be in a that type of public office, isn't it? Well,
3: I didn't know that, but yes, it has been. Yeah. Um, and and I'll use this example. I'm I've been talking about kind of credit process and how we look at loans and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Tyler Folkman is um, probably Jan's favorite person on our small team that mm-hmm. we work on. Uh, Tyler does what I'm going to call the smart person work. Uh, yeah. No offense to anybody else on the team, but he's the guy that you give the stack of paper to and he crunches the numbers mm-hmm. um, and he's really good at that. And Tyler has tons of other skills and abilities and we like him a lot. I mean, he's a, a, a very valued member of our team. But one of the things that has built the trust between Tyler and I that we have is that he knows that I'm not going to keep anything from him, right? So when you're a lender, it's not uh, uncommon in the practice to say, hey, let me not give this information to the person that's actually doing the credit analysis Mm -hmm. because I don't want them to know this because it may impact their decision or their support for what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Well parlay that into government, what you learn very, very quickly is um, the more supportive you are for what um, an individual, um, the city leadership wants to do, however you define that and kind of paint that that picture, um, the more supportive you are generally, the more information you get. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you have to work really hard, and this is my opinion, I'll say that, uh, you know, up front, Mm that um, if people think that you have a different opinion about them or a different view of those things, you'd be amazed at the different information that you get and mm. how hard you have to work to get certain information. And what I can tell you is, in the banking world, um, if I did that with the people that I work with, there would be a real barrier of, of trust broken because mm. you know they would say, I can't count on Ronnie to give me all of the information And for us to make a good decision together, uh, I have to really go over and above to make sure I look at what Ronnie's doing. And that kind of breaks down some trust that's inherently needed in what we do. And it's something we have to work on. Um, I, I think politics is much more inclined to find a way to get an outcome rather than to let the, spat, the facts speak for themselves and to, to use um, you know, persuasive arguments, to use data, to use um, the information we have and to pull all that together and to be okay, to be confident that the information that you've presented on the topic that we're talking about has the broad support of, in our case as a council, you know, the majority vote of the council. Instead, what what I have seen happen a lot, and I think anybody that served in an elected official capacity would tell you that this is the case, Mm -hmm. Um, you you get people that start stereotyping people, you know, Ronnie's going to be for this, Jan's going to be for this. For example, I know you wouldn't be crazy about me ramping up growth in the city of Murfreesboro. You're right, right. you're right. So because I know that about you, Mm -hmm. if I have something that might increase growth, might increase traffic, generally speaking, I could probably, from a predictability standpoint, say Truman's probably not gonna support this, right? Yeah. So I'd probably do, if I wouldn't do this, Ronnie Martin wouldn't do this, I'd come straight to you and tell you and, and try to sell you on this argument, and then if we couldn't get the support from you, It would either pass or it wouldn't pass. And that's the way it works. Well, a lot of the times what happens is if I know you're not supportive of that, then I wait to the very last minute to let you know that we're having those conversations. And I make it as difficult as I can make it for you to get information to counteract the argument that I'm making. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, some people may not agree with that. They may not like it that I say it. But it's just the truth. I mean, it's the it, it's just a fact that that goes on. And so, I mean, you served in uh, an elected role. Do you think things have changed
2: is what I'm describing similar to They it? have changed a lot, to okay. be perfectly honest with you. Talk about that. All right. The people uh, ha- are suspicious now right. of anything that goes on in politics. Right. I have never seen a, t- a time like it, and uh, sometimes we're— we're our own worst enemies. Sure. And and we have seen what's going on. Uh, when you're talking about uh, uh, time served and, sh- and should uh, that be capped a little bit. Sure. Um, I, I'm one of these people that, I always felt like experience was great absolutely and uh in in the people in washington uh we needed all of that that leadership in washington for people who have seen everything right but i i'm so suspicious of it now sure i would love to have term limits going on right. in, in washington um uh, Maybe, maybe all the way across the board, even to city, county elections, state elections. Um, I, I've got to the point that it's very difficult for me to believe anything that's going on, and we're not helped at all by the media. Right. The media is pushing so many uh, negative things that are not are not correct. Right. And this world has just seemed like it's gone crazy. Right. And, and uh, if somebody uh, there are so many ways that a person who has dirty hands mm-hmm. can come in and just just ruin the whole uh, apples. Right. It, it, it just it, it really bothers me right now, and and one of the reasons is you can't get anybody hardly to run f- uh, for these major offices. That is qualified. Nobody wants to be in right now because everybody's throwing stones at you. Right. And um, you have done a great job. You are one of these people that I have so much confidence in. I would love to see you just run forever. (laughs) Of course, I know Bill Jones would be very aggravated about that. Uh, And you do such a wonderful job and you have such an impact. You know so many people and they think of you in a very positive way here in Rutherford County. Thank you. But when you have friends and people that you believe in and they start wanting you to do things for them, right, it puts pressure on you. It sure does. Because um, you've got such a big heart that you want to go out and help everybody. And that's that's a plus with your personality, but business-wise, it's it just it's not a reality at all. Well, and I'll tell you this, and this
3: is something that um, that I've spent a lot of time thinking about, and both personally, based mm-hmm. on what I do day in and day out, whether it be at my job or with my family or at City Council. Mm-hmm. Um, you've heard, and I'd be interested in your perspective on this too. You, you, you know. Um, I think it's really, I'm very guarded against anything that I think, and there are plenty of things I do that I might not be aware of that would negatively impact my character or how I feel about myself. But I I try to really guard how I feel about myself based on decisions that I make, right? Mm -hmm. So um, what drives me most of the time to do the right thing is that I don't wanna feel bad about myself. Yeah. And now some people don't think about that as much. I think about it a lot. So whether it be how I treat Jan, how I treat a stranger, how I treat a customer, how I treat my wife, mm-hmm. how I treat my fellow city council members, somebody that emails me about something that's the most bizarre thing in the universe, how I respond to them matters to me
2: yeah.
3: because of how I want to feel about myself, right? Mm-hmm. And so, give me an example. Um, uh, you've probably heard the example of if you go into a grocery store and take a grape uh, off of a, a thing of grapes, well,
2: are you stealing a grape? I did that when I was six years old. Well, you stole a grape. And my mama made me go back <laughs> and take what grapes I hadn't eaten back, yep. and she made, made me pay for them. So I didn't realize what I was doing yep. at that time. I mean, they were there in front of me and something to eat. Right. And uh, I learned a big lesson over that. Well, I can tell you I
3: have seen, as adults, uh, people be 20, 30, 50, 70, pull grapes off of uh, grapes at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Now, I could never do that. And the reason I could never do that is I would feel bad that I took something that didn't belong to me.
2: Plus, they are not uh, clean yet. Yeah, there's that too, right? Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But the reason I'm bringing this up is that's a very, very small thing, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Probably less than a penny uh, as far as how you're harming someone in a material way. But it's the the ability to get comfortable doing something that you're really not supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. that all of a sudden starts to take hold in who you are. And so I'm not going to tell you that people that take grapes are bad people. That's not the point. But when you get comfortable doing things that I think aren't good things or are clearly not the right thing to do, um, I think good people get very comfortable rationalizing. Well, I didn't want to buy that produce before I knew if it were good or not. I didn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Things like that. So I think really good people that serve um, and, you know, in an elected official capacity, over time, they get worn down. And it gets really easy to rationalize certain behaviors that, in my opinion, for for Ronnie Martin, um, you know, are probably not good behaviors. Um, But I can only make that decision for myself. I can't certainly make it for anyone else. I I would have an opinion on it. Um, But, you know, I, I will just tell you. Most recently, and I'm not going to get into the details, but I was at the planning commission uh, this past week, mm-hmm. and um, there were some questions asked in the planning commission that, um, in my opinion, um, you know, we were not as transparent as a city as we should have been mm-hmm. in that situation. So I did what I felt like was appropriate. I made a couple of calls, and I did the right thing. Um, the people that I call were called were very receptive to what I said. So I felt good about, you know, protecting the integrity of the city and trying to do the right thing. But when you, when you get on the other side of that and you say, well, how did that happen and why did that happen and why was it allowed to happen? And why was there not more care taken, uh, in terms of these types of things can absolutely not happen, right? Because they erode public trust or they, uh, create reputation risk um, with the um, potential honesty or integrity of our staff and things like that. You just can't put yourself in a position where you know you get comfortable doing things where people can consistently question, are you being honest? Are you doing the right thing? And I think in my opinion, the more time you spend in government um, without there being a reshuffling of the deck in that sense, People get very comfortable taking that grape and saying it's not a big deal. It's just a grape.
2: And I'm sure you've probably seen some of that because it, it does go from generation to generation. I, I have seen it, and it's just like all of this is theirs. They don't think about the people that they're uh, serving at the time. Right. It, it, it becomes all about them. I mean, um, it, I don't think it happens as much on a local level as you would um, – state and, and nationally. Uh, what, what I've seen in, in nationally is just, it really sickens me to mm-hmm. see things change as much as they have uh, over the years. And, and the people that are uh, pointing the fingers are a lot of times some of the, the worst abusers of that type of situation. And um, somewhere along the line, they need to listen to people like you, the the voters, and and kind of uh, get a better feel of what their responsibilities are, cause it does make a big difference. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Ronnie Martin, and we'll w- wake Jan up for a couple of minutes.
1: Come on out to French's Shoes and Boots' second annual summer bash presented by Durango Boots Friday through Sunday. French's has 15% off all Durango boots, plus door prizes, giveaways, food, and much more. Catch a live performance by Matt Rogers, Friday, 5 to 6.30, and Kimberly Kelly, Saturday, 1 to 2.30, at French's Summer Bash, presented by Durango Boots. It makes
4: good sense to shop at French's. French's Shoes and Boots. 1837
1: South Church Street in Murfreesboro. Are you looking for a different kind of bank? Open your eyes to a credit union. At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help hard-working Americans achieve their financial goals faster. And because we're owned by our members, you get a piece of the pie. Visit our website, HeritageSouth.org to open your first account and see how we help when others won't. Insured by NCUA.
5: We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com.
4: For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Grainger.com slash KeepStock to learn more. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
0: Sometimes the world can seem a cold place, so we got to bring the warmth to it. Sometimes the world can seem a broken place, so we
3: got to strive to fix it. At the end of the day, we are empowered to create the world we want to live in. So we prepare for the worst. But we must always, always expect the best. Smith & Wesson, Empowering Americans.
1: Hello, I am Frank Caperton. Most people know me as Frank the Computer Guy, but did you know that I also have a camera? I love to shoot events such as weddings and birthday parties, corporate events, family gatherings, ribbon cuttings. I call it event photography. Call or text me at 615-476-7823 or visit frankcaperton.com. I also preserve memories. I digitize and enhance your old family videos. 615-476-7823 or frankcaperton.com.
0: Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center.
4: I'm Ron Jordan. Middle Tennessee State coaches are set to hit the road in the mid-state to gain support for their teams. Both head football coach Rick Stockstill and basketball coach Nick McDevitt will be part of the Blue Raider Blitz. They'll visit Middle Tennessee cities on Wednesday and Thursday and again on July 28th and 29th. Shelbyville, Franklin, Columbia, Smyrna, Murfreesboro, and Nashville are all on the list. Tennessee Bureau of Investigation is releasing its annual Crime in Tennessee report for the year. The TBI says the sharp decline in crime in 2020 was undeniably impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. The report shows a 5% decrease in the previous year in Group A offenses like rapes and murders. It also showed a 7% decrease in the number of DUIs from 2019. Amanda with the Lineball Library says Pre-K Storytime is back. Pre-K story times on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and itty-bitty story times on Thursdays
5: will resume in September. Watch our website and Facebook for specific dates.
4: And if you need more details, Amanda says,
5: Please call 615-893-4131, extension 138, or visit us online at rclstn.org.
4: The Lineball Public Library is at 105 West Vine in Murfreesboro. Holloway High School will be holding its annual open house July 29th from 5 to 7 p.m. Prospective students and their parents will have an opportunity to meet with Principal Sumatra Drayton, other administrators, and faculty members. All students must interview with Drayton, who will be available throughout the open house before being accepted to the school. No one is zoned to attend Holloway. It's one of the district's choice schools and the only one
0: in downtown Murfreesboro. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Congratulations,
4: you've retired. You might not be going into the office anymore, but you're finding that between the cleaning, the laundry, the lawn care, all of your home maintenance chores, you're still putting in a day's work every day. By moving to Adams Place Independent Living, the staff takes care of all that for you. Go to AdamsPlace.org to learn more or find us on Facebook, Adams Place.
1: Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com.
0: Good neighbor weather.
1: A few scattered showers and thunderstorms at times this afternoon. Partial sunshine develops a high in the mid 80s. Winds out of the northeast around five to ten miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujcic on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's seven. Premier Premiere 6 theater on Broad and Jackson Heights showing all of your favorite movies call their hotline 896 4100 or go see amovie.com. popcorn pop fresh daily their movie hotline 896 4100 or go see a Premiere 6 on Broad and Jackson Heights
0: from NHC's Adams place home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard it's the Truman show on news radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.
2: And welcome back with Ronnie Martin. And, Jenny, you were at the uh, theater over at Jackson Heights. And... Uh, you you had your family in and all this. That was a special time for y'all, wasn't it? And, and and being at Premier Six Theater, you got to see one of the great movies of all time.
5: That's right. We took the kids to see Boss Baby.
2: Boss Baby. <laughs> so it
5: was good. They had a good time. That's all that matters. So they now, all got popcorn and treats, and they were in heaven. Oh, that
2: popcorn's out mm-hmm. of this world, and it? Now, um... Give me a little bit of of a rundown on what Boss Baby was like. Because I'm going to go see it. Was it was funny.
5: Now, I, that was my, I think that's a sequel, and this was maybe the second or third one, and I did not see the first ones. That's yeah. what the kids wanted to see, so we went. And it was funny, and it was cute, yeah. but I don't know the history of it or anything. But it was fun. We had a good time. You, and it was
2: good to have the family here, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah,
5: they leave tomorrow, so I'm really sad.
2: Oh, my. Going back to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. bless their heart. I was so impressed with them. I mean, I just thoroughly enjoyed them.
5: Yeah.
2: And you you have such a great family. And yeah,
5: they're pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I hate to see them go. I love to see it when they come, but it feels like the kids grow a foot between the times we get to see them. So.
2: You know, uh, you have such a great family relationship with so many people here in Rutherford County. You've been a big plus for Ronnie and, and, and for the Pinnacle <laughs> for the Pinnacle Bank over here. And uh, people like you make it a a local bank because of your the relationship you have with so many people and the respect that uh, the Stewart family has. Yeah,
5: I try. Um, I really enjoy what I do and who I work with, and all our clients. And you know, we want them to have a good experience, and we just try to make it be the best that we can be for them. So, hey, What's?
3: tell Truman about the email I sent to the animal clinic yesterday and the story about.
5: It. I don't here. You tell Truman that story. No, you. Okay, so Ronnie Martin. I don't even know how it got started. He came out and he said, I just sent an email to Animal Medical Center. And I'm like, why? And he said, well, because we took one of our pets and they did a really good job. And I said, why didn't you check with me first? He should know to check before he does anything. Just run it by me first. Yeah. And I said, Tyler, my son, mm-hmm. his girlfriend, Sydney, works there.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: And so does Michelle Walter's daughter. And Michelle works, sits right beside me at work. Oh, I didn't even get yeah, it, it's such a small world i said i could have told you who to send it to i could have, if you if i knew your dog was there you know i could have called sydney and said hey you know just give a little extra attention to this little you know a little extra love to this animal but he just doesn't think to check with me before he does things and he should well
2: people should go up the ladder when they're trying to make decisions
5: oh, <laughs> that's my what i'm trying to tell him. of course i may i,
2: I, I can understand that now, now, you have such a, 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 a an impact on Ronnie making decisions. I
5: thought I did.
2: Now, I know at the bank, those things are just automatic. But what is it when he start, he starts making decisions for the city? How, how do you get involved with that?
5: I try not to. I try really hard not to. There's so much going on at the city and so much conflict at times. So I just try yeah. to stay, steer clear of that.
2: It's a The city is growing so fast, the problems are just, it, it seems like they're blowing out of sight. For especially for people like me who have been a uh, resident here in Rutherford County for uh, so long. And I remember when Murfreesboro wasn't much bitter, bigger than uh, 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 Woodbury in Cannon County I mean w- mm. we grew up uh, our, our big uh, uh, thing as far as, as recreation other than the sports part was sitting on the square and everybody sitting around talking to each other till midnight right. I, m- I mean it was just it was a, it was so much fun growing up in those days and now everything nothing slows down anymore including growth um uh, Growth does not pay for itself, as we know. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's always at least one year behind, and maybe in in some cases more than that because you have to pay for growth. The schools are out of sight. Is there anything going on in the city of Murfreesboro that um, you feel like that it needs to be slowed down. All the things that are going on, and let's keep a proper perspective of what it's ex- what exactly is it doing for our community. Because I don't want to see it grow into a situation where nobody wants to come here anymore. And of course, they're all moving in right now. Right. Well, let me um, let me go back to this
3: uh, animal medical clinic story to give you the rest <laughs> of that story, and then I'm gonna I knew we were going right. back. Okay. <laughs> So one of the things that I'm responsible for uh-huh. is, you know, generating new clients for the bank. Yeah. So that's one of my primary responsibilities. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm supposed to find people and say, um, here's who I am, here's what I do, here's where I work, and here's where I think that'd be good for, for you and your business. Yeah. And so part of the reason I emailed um, the animal medical clinic was they had taken great care of my pets, but they'd also taken great care of my wife in the process, which mm-hmm. is just as important. because. Yeah. If the pets
2: aren't well, that's one issue. But if my wife is not well, that's another issue, right? Mm -hmm. I don't even know anything about this. I didn't know there was an animal medical clinic or whatever. So it's one on it's uh, River Rock Boulevard, Uh and
3: we've just had really phenomenal, you know, um, experiences experiences with them. Yeah, and that's what's so neat about it. It's a 24 hour emergency clinic. And so if you're it's an animal ER,
2: I mean, you go over yep. there and go
3: straight in. Wow. And, you know, I can imagine if somebody called me for a banking question at 2 a.m., I'd probably be pretty grumpy mm-hmm. and wouldn't probably be happy to talk to them at 2 a.m. But, you know, when you go see these folks at 2 a.m., it's like it's 8 o'clock in the morning or noon. They're oh, happy to see you, happy to see your pet. And for people who, um, you know, I have animals and I care about my animals, but I'm not necessarily, you know, I don't dote over my animals all the time like some people do. Now, my wife does, right? So, and we all do. Yeah. <laughs> we all do. And because she does, yeah. um, it matters very much to me that, you know, she feels good about them. And, and anyway, long story short, I had been so appreciative for what they had done for us. Mm -hmm. I reached out and said, here's who I am and here's what I do and would love to have an opportunity if there's anything I can do to help you or your business, which, again, is part of part of my job. Yeah. But anyway, the rest of that story is if I had listened to Jan, I would have realized that uh, her son, Tyler's girlfriend, works there. I just learned in this conversation that uh, another co-worker that we have at Pinnacle, her daughter works there. Mm-hmm. So the point being, if I had checked with Jan before I had done something, yeah, I would have gotten a better result. So I know uh, she, she's, uh, she's proud of that. Uh,
5: this goes back to what a small world it is, too, because his wife helped my kids when they built their house.
3: Yeah. And mm-hmm.
5: it was just kind of all commingled and... He just kind of ran off on his own without checking with me first, which he knows to check
3: with me before he does anything. Yeah. Anyway, so I want to give her credit for that.
2: Yeah. So let's go back See, to... Uh, w- mention again where that is, because that, that that just caught my ear, uh, especially for... I know a, a lot of people, uh, if we have something go wrong with our uh, dog or cat or, or, or whatever, we want to take care of them right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of... Um, vet
3: providers aren't really set up to offer that sort of care,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and um, but anyway, it's at probably what's the most challenging intersection, or just right around the corner from the most challenging intersection in Murfreesboro. So, Cason Lane and um, Old Fort Parkway,
2: mm-hmm. uh, where
3: the new Starbucks was yeah. put there. Yeah. You take a left like you're going to Old Tom Pottery, mm-hmm. and then it's just down on the right. It's on River Rock. River Rock Boulevard. Oh yeah. yeah. But. I
5: think there are events in Murfreesboro that will refer you for emergency read services, but they mm-hmm. refer you some refer you to AMC and some refer you to Nashville. So I would want to stay local and get as
2: quick as I can. Yeah,
3: but just really good. great people. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, shout out to Animal okay. Medical Clinic. Um, so back to the question you asked, so that you don't think I'm trying to avoid that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what things have gotten to a point where we might question whether or not they need to continue to grow in Mm -hmm. our city um i I do think that um and this is uh, i'm going to answer the question um a little differently i think than what you intended it but you know i think a lot of what we're emphasized what we place emphasis on in Murfreesboro. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of those big topics is affordable housing. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's how expensive things have gotten in Murfreesboro. And uh, I would argue that the model that we're using, and you may not agree with this, but the model we're using to provide and to deliver housing stock, homes, to people that live here and are moving here, is based on uh, density of how many single-family houses can you pump into a neighborhood. And that's kind of morphed into townhouses. So instead of single-family detached housing, you've got single-family attached housing, which is these these townhomes. And um, there's some economics behind that that to uh, reward people who are building these homes and developing these subdivisions You know They have gotten accustomed to, if I don't get a certain return that's worth my effort, I'm not going to produce these things, Mm -hmm. like any of us in business. If I can't make X, then I'm not going to get out of bed and go to work and do do these things. So we can make some uh, subjective opinions about how much the market or investors or developers or builders should be making. But the reality is the majority of the emphasis is being placed on high-dense Uh, attached and um, detached single family dwellings. I would tell you that I think a better model is um, for us to go uh, higher with what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And that means um, not necessarily apartments, which I know people are averse to, and I understand why, but stacking residential living on top of each other in a more urban setting, Um, provided with uh, a mixed-use type development where people can not necessarily have to get into a car to do everything they want to do other than go to bed, right, Mm -hmm. and go home. Uh, I think you solve some of those issues by adding density, but a different different type of density than what we're accustomed to. So rather than continuing down this path of we've got to have, it can only look one way. It can only look like, You know certain neighborhoods in Murfreesboro that have quarter acre or half acre lots we have to do more of that well that's just not going to happen the the financial economics aren't there to um create those types of developments you can go out into the county and do some of that but inside the city core you just can't do that and so we're struggling with this identity crisis where, you know, we say, well, we don't want these little bitty small developments with all these houses crammed into it. Well, the way you solve that is you go higher. And so you stack those houses higher where people can own a home rather than having to rent an apartment. And you can, if you get enough density and enough floors in that, you know, like we're doing, we just started, broke ground on um, the One East College Street project in downtown downtown Murfreesboro. Mm -hmm. So they're doing the demolition. And i'll be real clear for the listeners on this they're doing demolition of everything but the old church so the attached buildings the education wing the other buildings on there everything but the actual church sanctuary with the bell tower is being knocked down the the church bell tower and sanctuary is being preserved Mm -hmm. um, and integrated into a mixed-use site but that will that project will have parking it will have uh, office and retail it's going to have condos in it so it's going to be a very dense development there's going to be a lot of stuff crammed into a one block area but you you've got great planning from the standpoint that it's probably a 60 million dollar project probably maybe more than that Um, we've not talked about that recently in a while but it's going to have parking retail connected to downtown restaurants living uh, a really really nice project that is going to be totally different than the traditional model of what we're doing which is buy the next you know 100 acre farm down 99 231 braidable pike you know highway 96 whatever and put as many homes as you can put on it um it's just going to look different and and i would advocate for more of that type development which is a more urban bigger city Mm -hmm. not what you were talking about which is smaller city less urban but that may have something to do with I think our age and kind of our expectations
2: it just it just um, I, I, I don't know I guess it's because I have seen so many problems um, w- would be started by large groups of people yeah just jamming into one area, and then you see all the crime rise, just almost uncontrollable mm-hmm. in, in those type things. Um, maybe there's no way of slowing it down. Right. And 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 that's the sad thing for me. Uh, I know a a lot of it is business, and 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 business. Has to grow for, right. for the people who own those particular businesses. I see that. But um, it, it, it's such a, um, to me, it's like a cancer growing. Mm. And I know that's probably ugly for me to say, but it really is. And uh, as I see uh, the, the cities uh, start to grow out of control, I've never been in a big city that I liked yeah I understand it it just doesn't sit well with me because I unfortunately I guess being in law enforcement all these years I see the problems that manifest there yeah and um, uh, no money it just it it it, like in the Bible it's the root of all evil there's (laughs) there's no doubt about that yeah and now everybody that's got over Ten thousand dollars is mad at me, throwing stones at me. But uh, it—it's—it um, it seemed like the upper crust doesn't matter. They don't particularly like it when they're up high and others are down low, and it, it, they don't see the the problems that are manifesting with those particular people.
3: You know, one thing, and I think this, I hope this will make you um, happy, is that one of the the things we are doing, and that uh, our our staff in the city, I think, uh, whether I agree with it or not, I I see the value in it, Mm -hmm. and my guess is you will too. uh, In that one street, uh, one East College Street development, that large mixed use that we have downtown, yeah, it's going to have a police precinct in it. So there's going to be a police presence uh, there. I don't know a lot of the details of that, but to your point, the it's more and more
2: place to burn down,
3: <laughs> the more dense we get, the more opportunity we have for conflict because you got more people yeah so i do think that's a reasonable planning um tool to say hey we recognize that we may need more presence here Mm -hmm. but but truman i'm gonna go back to you know something you say and we talk about this a lot and i think it's really healthy perspective you know, um, you're uh, about a year or two older than I am. And with that comes a very unique perspective on what Murfreesboro looked like and mm-hmm. how it was. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, um, I grew up in Blackman. We've talked about this mm-hmm. right across the street from where the Blackman um, Park area is supposed to, proposed, supposed to go.
2: Yeah.
3: And that was a very rural area. And I didn't like it at all. I wanted to be in the city, and, you know, you've mentioned I, I've never been in a city that I particularly liked. I don't know that I've ever been in a city I didn't like, um, especially. Ronnie. I'm just being honest. Um, and But here's my point. As those cities grow, it's a little bit. I'm going to have to take you to
2: Detroit <laughs> and New York. And I haven't been to Detroit, so I'm yeah. not taking on Detroit. But mm-hmm. I have been to New York, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved New York. What did you like about New York? Um, Because people are trying their best to escape there right
3: now. You know, and I understand that. You know, every place is not for everyone. Um, I enjoy the perspective of being places that um, really give me good perspective on how small and insignificant. I am, if you will. And New York City was a place. I could have told you all (laughs) those things. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about reliable sources, good reliable sources. (laughs) But when you stand on a block in New York City, and you look around, you just realize how small you are, you know, and I think that's pretty healthy for us to do. I mean, I feel that way looking at the ocean. I feel that way when I'm hiking in the mountains. Uh, It's just such good Perspective and such good grounding, mm-hmm. but you know, you talk about growth and the need for growth and the need to slow growth. What what we have to realize is, just like a child, um, you know, as that child continues to grow, mm-hmm. it requires more sustenance for it to continue to grow, mm-hmm. right? And so if you have multiple children in a household and as those children continue to grow, your grocery bill is gonna go up. So you're gonna to have to produce more. Um, I think the more our city grows, we have got to kind of get our minds right that we have to bring in more growth to support the people that we've brought in. So the level of business, job creation, uh, housing stock, all those things that we have has to speed up because we have more people, we have to yeah. serve. And you talked about growth paying for itself. Well, um, growth can absolutely pay for itself. The problem is, what do we as taxpayers? What's the burden to us as taxpayers? And where's the pendulum swing to where we say, and we, you know, with the three of us here, we may have different tolerances for this. Mm-hmm. How much am I willing to pay to live in Murfreesboro? How much are you willing to pay,
2: you know, in taxes to live in Murfreesboro? And what trade off? You're not going to have a choice. I mean, uh, the people that you put in office, they're the ones who will make the decision, not you. A
3: a lot of that's true.
2: Um, But in our government here locally,
3: you know, the city council is certainly the elected legislative body. but, But, you know, we hire a city manager and we've got a staff that, for the most part, they are responsible for the day to day growth of what we do in the city. I mean, true story.
2: I can't take credit for things going great in Murfreesboro. I but the city manager does not have to answer to the people, All, only I the ones a- that are elected, right. which he pretty much takes the uh, steam out of what the people are trying to say to the elected officials. And uh, maybe if we had a, a uh, mayor right. that was full-time, right. that, that would change things a little bit and uh, it, it's uh, there, there's just too many inconsistencies that are to stand there to as you get uh, larger people become more uh, suspicious sure. of things that go on Right. and, and uh, it just um, it just doesn't stand pat with me it really doesn't because uh, eventually the city is going to grow so much. Right now, you're pretty limited in how far you can go out. Right. Your borders are limited. What's going to happen when all of that monies that comes in, uh, as far as retail and whatever, is out in the county, mm-hmm. that's going to limit what the cities are going to be able to uh, afford. Right. So, um, Which is why I think we need to go up more rather than out. I agree with things like businesses, banks. Banks need to go up instead of two <laughs> or three floors or whatever. I mean, they need to go up. I mean, i uh, that's the one problem I don't have with New York is the... Is the Are you talking about share price, stock price? Because I know that's important to you, too. That's got to be part of it, right? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> There's nothing there. <laughs> uh, what 0.1 or something like that? I'm not talking about interest rates. I'm talking about the value. Oh, of the I stock. know. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking yeah. about. But it, but it's all over the place right now. Yeah. But um, it, it, it would be nice if. We were lived in the city of Murfreesboro where everybody knew their neighbor. Yeah. They had good relationships with everybody. Murfreesboro is still a very safe city. Absolutely. Uh, uh, except for a couple of spots. But, You're uh, talking about my neighborhood? Uh, <laughs> actually, have you got your swimming pool uh, finished
3: yet? No, we're still working on that. But we've made a lot of progress, and we can use the swimming pool um, it's just—it's been a very slow, tedious process. And the
2: weather has been perfect for poos this it year. It
3: hasn't impacted me. I've been out there improvising. So yeah, I was in the pool this weekend.
2: Well, what's going on with the bank right now? I'm—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, 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 I'm starting to break out talking about city government. <laughs> it's starting to. Um, we are—we um,
3: are getting very close to um, finishing up. Round one of our PPP
2: loan forgiveness. Yeah. So um, for anybody. Let me ask you about that. Yeah. And and I don't know why it just popped in my head. But a lot of restaurants here in Rutherford County, Mm -hmm. and they're having a hard time getting people back to work. Yeah. and and with people being able uh, they're they're paid for not working right. basically during that times and I, I know some of it had to be done sure but it, it's been a continuation like it's been uh, these poor restaurants they're fighting to stay alive right now absolutely um, what was the cutoff point as as far as people because uh, they the restaurants have been open pretty much full blast for a pretty good while now and I had a, a couple of them, uh, owners come to me and say please pray for us because we're doing everything they can we can do to keep the doors open
3: right well I would tell you and and look I want to be very sensitive to the struggles of the restaurant industry specifically yeah. because I know it's very scary when government's telling you you can't open your doors and you can't see people in your seats and there are restrictions on your ability to operate as a small business. That's really hard, Um, and so I'm very sensitive to that. With that being said, all I can speak to is what I saw firsthand with my experiences with the restaurant clients that we serve. And I think I would tell you that um, with some exceptions, What what I personally have seen is the the restaurants that were strong prior to covid are even stronger now on the backside of covid. Now, the labor issue finding employees is absolutely a real problem Uh, when when people are being paid more to stay at home than they are to go to work. That's Mm -hmm. a problem. And this is you know, this is where government is so hard because. You know there are certain people out there that can't find jobs yeah. or that may not have the ability and i don't to understand that at all that's what's hard about it and so it's if we could see the whole landscape and we had the ability to say here is every single situation and, and identify it individually where well, you're mm. going to get a better result right because you'll yeah. know this person can find a job this person can't so we're not going to send you money to stay at home this person can't we're going to make sure you have those dollars but what happens is we're such a big country and we have to make blanket policy that goes out. It's imperfect and it's always going to be imperfect. Um, that, that's unfortunate. But um, my point is, I think that, and speaking to the local businesses that we've worked with, the mm-hmm. folks that were really good before are, are even better now. Um, the, the people that were struggling before the pandemic um, some of them are not here, which is which is unfortunate, mm-hmm. but if they were struggling before the pandemic, um, you know, there's a pretty good indicator that there was something else wrong, right? And so the fewer restaurants that exist, the more customers the remaining restaurants have, yeah. in my opinion. So um, I think some of those things, uh, everybody has an opinion and it's a valid opinion, but when you get into My personal opinion, if you were struggling before the pandemic um, and couldn't survive the pandemic even after some of the government assistance that was out, Mm -hmm. there's probably some other fundamental underlying issues that you not being in the marketplace helps others that are in the marketplace.
2: Well, you're a numbers person, and there are are so many jobs open right now in this community. It really doesn't make sense for people who um, uh, are taking the free money right. when the, when there's jobs opening and that, that they could maybe hold your head high again right. because uh, that's that's a big thing when, when I was growing up and, and, and you too. Um, you wanted to be able to fend for yourself. Absolutely. You didn't want anybody else having to hold you up. Yeah, and I don't understand, and it's, you know, again, I can only speak
3: for myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, personal preference and, you know, just individual character of people. Um, I couldn't sit at home and, no. and, and collect a paycheck. and I and, couldn't and, sit and, at home
2: during that pandemic. Yeah, and so
3: I, I like working. I like being with people. I like accomplishing things. Um, on a team I like um, I like all those things and Mm -hmm. if I sit around the house I can do that for a short period of time and you can ask my wife and my kids and the people that know me when I sit around the house I can only do that for a short period of time
0: because I
3: got to be doing something constantly and and maybe that maybe I don't have the peace that someone else has with being able to you know spend four or six hours a day sedentary you know reading whatever else I just can't do it, uh, and I think I think there are a lot of those people that could be working that aren't working. Um, and in just my opinion, those people need to go back to work. If you can work, just my opinion. If if there's not some physical ability that you do not have to be able to get up and work, mm-hmm. you
2: need to be working. You know, you we, to, go back to your bank, the Pinnacle Bank. The reason that Pinnacle is so strong, as far as I'm concerned, right. is the local flavor that you have. And what's going to happen when this city just grows completely out of control? Uh, that that would affect a lot of larger businesses that rely on that closeness. Right. How 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 do you uh, adjust to that when when the city does that and uh, will the will the school system yeah will that ever change because I've, I've got a feeling that that's going to change also sometime in the future you know, I, one, of the, one of the most hotly
3: contested items, and you and I've talked a lot about this, we talked about it before the show, mm-hmm. um, that affected our schools was um, the mask thing, where children, especially elementary schools, for yeah. people that do not know, yeah. Murfreesboro has K through six. Uh, we don't have uh, middle school and high school in the city school system, but, you know, the school board uh, made the decision, uh, I'm sure, out of concern for the welfare of the students, that when we sent schools back or kids back, they were going to wear masks mm-hmm. when they back to back to school. I understand. Um, I, I don't not support the board and, and what they're trying to do to keep kids safe. The other side of that was the community really freaked out because they didn't want to... Some people wanted the kids to have the optional choice to wear masks. They yeah. didn't want to have to force their kids to wear masks. I get that too. I understand. Um, but how will, you know, how will this... Um, environment of post-pandemic, you know, Delta variant, COVID, the next Hmm. pandemic, the next surge, how are we going to respond to that and get back to business as normal? And I don't know the answer to that because, um, you know, it it almost seems... Fear
2: has just absolutely stymied everything.
3: Yep. And I think there are a lot of people, I mean, I see people... Um, it's really interesting to me, I, I don't understand it. Uh, I see people jogging in masks outside. Um, I'm not sure I understand that. I totally understand people on a bus wearing a mask. I totally respect, you know, personal preference of people just choosing to, to wear a mask. Um, you know, I see some homeless folks that we've got in Murfreesboro, wearing masks, walking around. Oh, wow to me that's an oddity that's intriguing yeah, you know yeah. and so i think to the point you just made how can we figure out i mean how do we have any idea what that's going to look like for our community moving forward and truman i just don't know i mean i i don't know I, all i can do is do the best i can mm-hmm. to make a reasonable rational decision for me and when asked to for others um you know in in the leadership capacities that i'm in but um I think we are certainly uh, working through and potentially headed for some, some really challenging times that we've got to understand how we protect our community, how we protect our individual rights, um, how we protect our kids.
2: Yeah, you have to. They don't seem to be able in, in, in this day and time, especially with the media and, and the people that have been elected to put out all this information uh they don't take everything in consideration sure and and when the economy starts dropping like it has right oh uh, during this pandemic um to me i can't see anything that affects our country more than that and just completely just wipe out businesses and, and 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 the ability for people to be able to survive economically and the, those type things and the scare tactics that's being used, I know it's terrible for some families when they lose someone, right. for, for, supposedly for the pandemic. I mean, I know, I, I know that uh, a lot of this has been uh, pushed toward that particular end when it really wasn't the one the, the type of disease that took them out. Right. But, it, I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, we, if if you've got somebody that has been affected by that, that's a big deal for them. But you have to look at the big picture. I mean, you really do. And, and fear is not something that I don't understand fear. I really don't. And when somebody's pushing uh, it on you, it, it makes it even worse. Yeah. And and the attitude, the, 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 the way it affects people emotionally, it just gets so far out of control. Thanks, Ronnie. Enjoyed it. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Janie. Oh man, you wore me out this morning. Bless your heart. I, you you'll have to get, you you should take the rest of the day off and, and be paid double time for it. She can do that some other time. We got work to do today. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you in the morning. Thank you.
0: From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNs. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.